0: for statutory rape in 1978. Officials for the the César Awards have defended their choice, but women's rights groups are calling for a boycott of
1: next month's televised ceremony. The news from RTHK. In order to better protect you and your possessions when you travel, don't forget to take out a suitable travel insurance with appropriate coverage. Whether you're on a business trip or a weekend getaway a short or long-haul flight, a group tour or self-arranged trip. Choose travel insurance with adequate coverage. The right choice enables you to make your trip a wonderful experience.
2: Welcome to the Juice.
3: Good morning. Welcome to the Juice. Theme was playing. Sorry, Stuart. How how are you doing, Stuart Clarkson? With me uh, at the desk, surviving. Surviving? surviving. Fifteen degrees. Can you believe it? A very frosty morning, as oh. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You'll cope. You'll cope. Yeah, cope yeah. We've got plenty more on the way for the show today. Danny Hicks, we're talking the Australian Open, as well as got Canadian Nick Milnes coming in after 11:30. Going to talk about a show coming up in Hong Kong that you might be interested in. We've got plenty of music as well. You have a request two three three eight eight two six six. Give us a call. Here's some John Newman with Love Me Again.
4: If your heart's old, is that what devils do? Took you so long, where
5: only fools go. I shook the angel and yell Now I'm rising from the crowd. Rising up to fuel. Filled with all the strength
6: I found. There's nothing I can't do.
5: Down angels like you, now I'm rising from the ground, rising up to you, filled with all the strength.
6: Think you're too soon to call us oh When and when
3: The XX there with On Hold. You're listening to The Juice with Judd Boaz. I'm the second part of that sentence. So good to have you. 9.15 in the morning. We've got Jeff Hesselwood making his return to the show at about 9.40. Plenty to talk about in the Formula One and racing worlds. Can't wait to get to that. Uh, Maybe a bit of cruise after 10. I'm actually not sure. But yeah, yeah, she'll probably be here i suppose and J after 12 uh remember if you have a request at 23388266 we love hearing from you here's some bruno mars 24 carat magic
4: in my pocket, keep up, Whoa. so many pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket, keep up, Whoa. why you mad, fix your face, ain't my fault they all be jacking, keep up, uh, play us only, come on, let your digits bring us to the moon, Girls, what y'all trying to do, Your ugly old friends. <laughs> I cannot preach, I cannot preach. I gotta show them how I can get it in. First, take your sister, do your dip. dip, spend your money like money ain't shit. We too fresh. Got to bring it on Jesus. Hashtag blessed. They ain't ready for me. Uh. Uh-huh. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. Uh-huh. So many pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep up. Uh-huh. Are you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault. They all be jockin'. Keep up. Yeah. Players on only. Come on. Put your drink it. Raise up to the moon. And girls, what y'all? Put ya-
3: 24-carat magic. Plenty of requests pouring in. 233-88266. Love hearing from you. Here's some Zane like I would. Hey,
7: what's up? It's been a while. Talking about it's not my style. Thought I'd see what's up while I'm lighting up. It's cold-hearted. cold-hearted. You let it go Now you're good to go
3: zane time for some new music this band comes out of austin texas is it it is of course spoon uh this is their 24th year going strong still they have an album out march 17 called hot thoughts speaking of hot thoughts this is the title track off that album it's spoon hot thoughts
8: An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3.
3: he's teamed up with them quite a bit i feel it coming you're listening to the juice on radio three had a request come in for some bb king i can do that thrill is gone Legendary BB King there. Thrill is gone. Got Jeff Hesselwood coming up at 9.40. Uh, Legendary in his own way, I'm certainly sure. Here's some Graham candy to get us there. Back into you. Booth dangerously there. Uh, got joined on the line with me at the moment, Jeff Hesselwood. Jeff, how are you going?
0: Good morning, Chad. Yeah, it's getting cold again, though,
3: isn't it? it this is sub-Arctic temperatures. This is Shackleton type temperatures for me. You've been in, uh, you've been in the lovely tropics though, haven't you? For the, oh, in the in past week,
0: yeah, and uh, I was pretty busy. It was actually cool there. I mean, I say cool, it was 26 degrees. Oh, a, yeah, a, a frosty 26 it, degrees. Yeah, but uh, no, it was good. It was good. I, I drank vast amounts, of course, but that's uh, another story.
3: Well, since we uh, we last spoke at the uh, the tail end of 2016, a lot's been happening uh, well, in the world of Formula One.
0: Well, yes, indeed. We were going to talk about the uh, Dakar rally, but it really wasn't much of an event this, this year. Uh, The weather played a a role of havoc in the Dakar. Uh, They cancelled several stages. Then they had a landslide, which hurt a few people. And at the end of the uh, two weeks, uh, Stefan Petterhansel came through to win his 13th Dakar. Um, Unfortunately, your guy, Toby Price, who uh, won on bikes last year, he he came off and broke his leg on, I think, day two. So he was out. That'll
3: happen. That'll happen.
0: Yeah, and a guy called Sam Sunderland, who's uh, a British rider I've never heard of. He's based in Dubai. But he won the bikes this year, so that was the Dakar, not much of an event.
3: So, I think. mean, if you've won 13 of them, is it time to start changing the rules or <laughs> maybe have him sit one out?
0: Well, I think he won six on bikes and now is seventh on, uh, in cars. So, But, I mean, he's, he's experienced. He doesn't take too many risks in the early stages. and He lets other people have the crashes. He was challenged this year by Sebastian Loeb, the uh, nine-time world rally champion. But uh, no, he really was not a great Dakar this year. But that's another story. Yeah, Formula One. Well, we we knew that Nico Rosberg had jacked it in after winning the title last year, um, and now they've chosen Valtteri Bottas to uh, to. Drive alongside Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes.
3: Is this a case of this is just the best they could get because everyone else was signed on contract, or is he actually you know one of the best drivers they you know in the world? Or well, I mean, what is what's the situation? Is it just?
0: It's a bit of both, to mm. be honest. I mean, he is good, but he has yet to win a Formula One race. So he he's been in uh, Formula One for about three years now uh, at Williams. Um, I don't know. It's hard to judge whether he can. Uh, you know, fight for wins alongside Lewis Hamilton. Lewis is by far the best, we know that. Um, But you're right in the other aspect that uh, people like Sebastian Vettel and uh, Fernando Alonso and even Danny Ricciardo, your guy, um, they're all signed up with their respective teams and they won't become available until the end of this this season, 2017.
3: Uh, Now, how old is Bottas, do you know?
0: I think he's 25 or 26.
3: Now, would it would it behoove, perhaps, Mercedes to maybe go the Max Verstappen route and get a real young kid to sit under the learning tree, if you will, of Lewis Hamilton, and then they have someone for, you know, 15 years or something?
0: Well, they, they, one of their junior drivers is Pascal Verline. He was driving for Manor, um, and he was kind of in the frame, if you like, but uh, Toto Wolff at Mercedes said, no, driving alongside Lewis would have destroyed Pascal Wehrlein. He's not experienced enough yet uh, to uh, to go to a top team. And in fact, for this season, he will go to Salva. But that, uh, I'll come back to that later. But no, um, I don't know. I, d- I think they've taken Valtteri Bottas, because he's a bit of an unknown quantity in a, in a leading car but also at the end of this season the other guys are out of contract so they've only signed Bottas for one year which is unusual for a top team Uh, and so I think they're they're waiting to see A. how he does alongside Lewis and B. who becomes available at the end of this season so uh, as I said it's a bit of both in uh, in what you've asked whether uh, he's uh, an unknown quantity, or whether the other guys are just not available. So we'll see where we go from
3: here. But also, Felipe Massa uh, joining the fray again.
0: <laughs> Shortest retirement, is yeah. Yeah.
3: I, uh, I, t- I did tell you, you know, we might see we might see some people uh, return. You know, maybe a certain world champion who retired might well, return after a year, <laughs> year off. <laughs>
0: But, uh, no, Felipe Massa, he, he, a tearful goodbye in Abu Dhabi. And then uh, he, once uh, Bottas had, uh, decided <laughs> to go to Mercedes, Felipe came out of retirement and went back to, uh, to Williams.
3: The tears but, in his eyes weren't even dry yet when he, uh, when he <laughs> decided to come back.
0: Well, six million in your pocket probably helps, doesn't it? Six million US, which I think Mercedes have paid for. So he's, he's back with Williams alongside Lance Stroll. Now Lance Stroll, he's 18 years old. He's a young guy from uh, Montreal. Uh, His dad's a billionaire. Something he's he's one of the backers of Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, But everyone says, "Oh, Lance Stroll is only there because of Lawrence's wealth." But Lance Stroll is the European Formula Three champion, so he's obviously got some talent. He's been testing a 2014 Formula One car at various circuits, including Sepang in Malaysia. I think Lance Stroll will surprise a few people on you know, how quickly he gets into the, the, the swing of things. So, uh, but he, he needed someone like Felipe Massa to, to mentor him at, uh, uh, at Williams because uh, you come into a team that's not a front-runner and you're a relatively inexperienced driver. He certainly won't have driven all the tracks that uh, make up Formula One. Uh, So we need someone like Felipe Massa to to guide him, help him, advise him. Unless, of course, Lance Stroll beats Felipe Massa in in qualifying, and then Felipe won't won't tell him a thing. (laughs) We'll see where we go on that one, too.
3: Because he has to keep his job, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned the youngster, Wuerlein, heading to Sauber.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, Pascal Verline, He had to go to a quicker team. Now, Sauber... Um, they, they've come back from the brink of uh, administration. They've got the new backers, um, which allegedly are something to do with Marcus Eriksson, the uh, second driver of Salva. Um, the, uh, the backers of Salva claim that they're a Swiss uh, financial group, but the, the, the theory is that they're something to do with Marcus Eriksson from Sweden. So I don't think we'll ever find out truly who they are or what they are. But no, Pascal verline has gone to sell Ferrari engine, so it's, an, it's not the latest Ferrari engine, but it'll be quicker than what uh, uh, Wehrlein was driving at Manor last season. Uh,
3: speaking of Manor, uh, yeah, dark, dark days, dark uh, days. T- give us an update on, on this and you know, sort of well, a synopsis I mean, of the situation.
0: They went into administration in 2014, I think, uh, and then they were rescued by a guy called Stephen Fitzpatrick, who is purely a fan, and he put lots of money into it, plus, of course, what Wehrlein, uh brought to the team from Mercedes. Um, but they're, they're just thinking. Um, they were never quick enough. They, they, they lost out to Sauber, who took a point at one of the later Grand Prix last season. So they, they lost the money that that one point would have got them. Uh, and they're just they're just about to go under. I don't think anybody's going to rescue them. They're the back of a grid team. They always have been. And I can't see them really worthy of uh, saving. I know that's a harsh thing to say, but uh, when, when they... If
3: you're coming last all the time and, and you're going to come last anyway, yeah. you're not really going to be missed, are you?
0: Well, there was something in uh, sort of the, the uh, Grand Prix websites this morning that if they do get saved by anybody they will ask permission to drive to use a 2016 car which is ludicrous because all the cars change this season and i'll come on to that again in a moment but the uh, you can't use a year old car um you know when they're all being developed and going faster. When you're already at the back of the grid, you, you, you'll you be even further back if that's possible. Uh, the new cars, though, for 2017, they're going to be bigger, faster, bigger wings, louder, wider tyres, <laughs> allegedly. This is all that's uh, been planned, but whether it actually makes for better racing, we won't know yet. The wider tyres will improve cornering speeds. Uh, bigger wings, the same. Down the straight, they'll be slower because of the bigger wings. Whether they're any louder, I doubt, because we've got these uh, hybrid uh, power units, not even engines. Um, They'll certainly be quicker, probably five to six seconds at some circuits are quicker. But again, will it improve the racing? I've got my doubts about that. It's. uh, I think they'll look nicer, but I don't think they'll be louder, and I don't think it will make much difference. You get the quick guys at the front and the slow guys at the back still. And they'll be the same guys.
3: Seems to be how Formula One works a lot of the time. Uh, The quick guys at the front.
0: Well, um, Peter King was talking about Liberty Media last night. They've just uh, concluded the takeover of Formula One, and I think they've got a few ideas to spice up the game. What, we don't know yet. um, uh, Peter again mentioned Chase Carey. He is well, he's working alongside Bernie Eccleston at the moment, but there's a, a rumour that Bernie will be ousted and Chase will take over the running of Formula One on behalf of Liberty Media. Um, I think they they will have a few ideas on how to spice up the action and make it more interesting and attract more fans. See, Bernie's never been a social media guy, so he doesn't do Facebook, he doesn't do... What, you know what whatever the others are, I can't remember snapogram or something, um, but uh, I think uh, chase Carey uh he knows what he's talking about. I think we will go in the right direction, but it might not be immediate. So, only just taken over effectively, and uh, uh, they'll they have to work at it for a few months before they can introduce more changes.
3: Well, I mean, it will be seen. We'll be uh, covering it, of course, this year, and maybe they'll add some cheerleaders to the, to the side of the start line. Who well, knows? I hope
0: so, yeah. Testing starts in just over a month's time, February 27, in Barcelona. Uh, and we'll see... Uh, I don't know. I can't see huge changes at the moment. They're
3: I not going to be jumping through rings of fire or anything?
0: No, I think you'll see Lewis at the front and uh, content to be there without the challenge of uh, Nico Rosberg. Because I don't, I can't see Valtteri Bottas getting in the car and immediately going quicker than, uh, than Lewis. So, more of the same, I'm afraid.
3: More of the same, mate. Do you have some birthdays for us to wrap up?
0: I do, I do indeed. And um, by the way, it's my birthday next week, but that's another. Birthday. Happy birthday, Jeff, for next Thank week. You. <laughs> 22
3: well, years young, I believe. That's
0: right. Well, I said this time last year that there's two famous racing drivers on uh, the January the 29th. One is the, ni- the 1979 world champion, Jody Schechter, and the other one is me. Sadly, I didn't make world champion. I, I ran out of money. But Jody Schechter turned 67 next week, and I think it was yesterday or the day before. Uh, Jensen turned 37, and he's uh, he's taking a year off he's still an ambassador shall we say for mclaren honda uh, but in 2009 world champion and he just says he wants to spend more time with his family not travel so much and just enjoy life which you can't blame him he's made a lot of money and he's uh, he's got one world title to his name so happy birthday two days ago jensen and happy birthday next week jody Schechter.
3: Jeff, always good talking to you. I'll
0: be back on 25th of February to uh, pre- pre- preview the testing.
3: Absolutely. And how are you spending Chinese New Year?
0: Well, I might have a drink. You never know. A
3: bit out of well, character. It's a, a bit off-brand for you.
0: <laughs> All right, Jack. Cheers.
3: Thanks so much, Jeff. We've got news coming up in a little bit. Big thanks to Jeff Hesselwood there. Here's some Cage of the Elephant. Take it or leave it. <coughs>
1: responsible for implementing mosquito preventive measures in the public areas of buildings inspections must be carried out at least weekly to prevent mosquitoes breeding in stagnant water dispose of refuse properly cover water tanks tightly puncture anti-bump tires in car parks and clear drains Prevent Japanese encephalitis and dengue fever act now Movies and music have always gone together, and jazz musicians have always hung out in the film world. I'm Charles Martin. Join me for two hours of brilliant jazz this week, all of it either from the movies or based on film music. 3 O'Clock Jump goes to the movies, Saturday at 3, here on Radio 3.
3: Ariana Grande, Faith. Your weather forecast for today: mainly fine and dry, cool tonight, moderate northeasterly winds, fresh at times. It's going to be fine and dry in the next couple of days as well. 16 degrees Celsius, 70% relative humidity. Cruz and McCalligan in the studio. Up next, can't wait for that. Sing it, Stevie. Here's the news.
0: Prosecutor El Chapo was responsible for smuggling vast amounts of heroin,
1: cocaine, and other drugs into the U.S. The news from RTHK. The government has expanded the scope of the vaccination subsidy scheme and raised the seasonal flu vaccine subsidy to $190 per dose. Pregnant women, elderly people aged 65 years or above, children aged 6 months to under 12 years, persons with intellectual disability and disability allowance recipients can get a subsidized vaccination from enrolled private doctors. For details, please call the Department of Health hotline on 2125-2125. RTHK,
9: radio
7: free. It was a slight on my
4: honor, so he deserved it.
7: But we're talking about the most brilliant mind this world has ever seen, See, seen. seen.
5: And they feed on insecurities I have Won't you lay your healing hands on my chest That your are you will clean Soak the ropes with your holy water Tie me down as you eat out the words Set me free me free.
3: Send them off. Bastille, they're all smiles here in the Radio 3 studios. Cruz. Hi. Good to have I'm you back smiling. on the show. We're yes. all smiling. Waking up. Waking up, We're yeah. waking up bright and early on this wonderful day. The first day. It's actually day, a lovely day outside. The first day in, in President Donald Trump's reign. We're not talking about that, Judge. No, we're not. We're not talking about that. What we are talking about, get this, is bicycles. Yes,
8: la bicicletas, <laughs> or the cincture. Is that how you say it? Not bad, not That's bad. You say? Yeah.
3: Um Here's mm. the thing. If I were, God forbid if i were transported back in time to the time of charlemagne um i think i could build a bike and become a millionaire they'd give me all the florins in the world because so? i you know it's it's a fairly yeah. Where, where would you get the rubber though for the tyres? Yeah. That's the hard thing. Yeah,
8: it's a process.
3: Um, when, when tell us about bicycles. What what uh, inspired this particular audio column?
8: Actually, two things. Um, mm-hmm. I was in Myanmar last week, and obviously everyone rides bicycles, and I rode a bicycle. And do you ride bike? Do you? When was the last time you you rode a bicycle?
3: Honestly, this no joke. This is spooky that you're asking this because I was watching someone ride a bike the other day. Actually, no, uh, I was walking around us. Uh, some parts of O oh, whatever. Yeah, and they've, sure, sure. They've dedicated, yeah, yeah. which is strange in Hong in Hong Kong to see a dedicated path for a bike. And I said, I can't remember the last time I rode a bicycle. Really? I Honestly, can't remember. It's been a long time.
8: Yeah. See, I found this because I, I haven't, like, I haven't, I hadn't rode a bicycle in probably a couple of years, and then I was riding a bicycle in Myanmar, and I was just like, I thought. This is really strange, and you
3: felt free. Yeah, but
8: also a like bit a- nervous. Like you, lo- you feel really stupid because like, do I still know how to do this? And actually, we're going to talk a bit later about how you don't forget to ride a- how to ride a bicycle. That's there should be a- a- there a should
3: be a saying about that. There they should be. invent a saying about they that. They should. Um, mm.
8: But um, but no. And I was kind of thinking about it, and especially in Hong Kong because it's so strange in Hong Kong that we're in Asia and all these other Asian countries and Asian cities are just have millions and millions and millions of bicycles and in Hong Kong we don't and it's because we're we're quite small and we're quite urbanized and everything else but um, I keep seeing cyclists more and more cyclists on the roads at their own peril but you'd love I'd love there to be Hong Kong to be a cycling city and then also um, I heard that um, in April this year Hong Kong actually is hosting the world track cycling championships Mm. at the velodrome in um, Chungkwano so it's quite interesting that I was like oh okay so it's kind of like this like this some chatter there's cycling chatter so i thought i'd join in the cycling chatter um, so that's why we're talking about bicycles
3: you are now part of the cycling discourse I am. of Hong Kong.
8: <laughs> but um it's but i started thinking about it a lot more because um have you ever been to like for example like in europe like amsterdam or denmark and the way people ride bikes there, no. I've uh, been, been to, to Paris. Does that been to count? Paris. Does that count? With a lot of bike riding? In... I have no, I've never been to Paris. So. Yes. Yes, okay, there you as go. In,
3: as in, for some reason, this is strange, a little cyclist, like a you know, 50-kilo woman on a bicycle, somehow has right of way over like, a 10-ton truck yes, or that something. Yes, that is
8: correct. That's how it should be. Pedestrians, pedestrians always have right of way. And if you don't believe me, that's something I actively yell regularly through, on a daily basis through windshields to, to speeding cars. Yes, okay. I, pedestrians have right of way. no they speak yeah.
3: Chinese, right? They probably can't.
8: Not some of the drivers that I've seen speeding. Oh, heyo! Anyway, on a bicycle, you can travel three times faster than you can walk for the same amount of energy. It's it's kind of remarkable, actually, a bicycle, because no other living thing can expend so little energy for so much self-powered travel. It's kind of amazing. Hmm. It's kind of an amazing concept. Um, Does
3: this include pogo sticks?
8: I don't think a pogo stick is an efficient form of travel. Can you pogo stick? Well, can you pogo stick?
3: Can I fogo stick? Yeah, I can. Really? It, it's fairly simple, isn't it?
8: No, I, I tried it as a kid. I could never I mean, do it. I could do like, one bounce and I, I fell over.
3: I couldn't traverse great distances, but I could pogo. Mm.
8: All right, then. So I took a sip of coffee and I got it all over my face. Okay, but we're talking about... Okay, so cycling. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was actually... Um, and the other reason we're talking about cycling is because apparently cyclists are cool. And that's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> That's no, a no fact. it's a fact. Cruz, rec- you're
3: only supposed to put down <laughs> no, facts no, 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 on no, your no, pieces no. of paper. A,
8: a recent psychological study conducted by Minds Lab found that cyclists have a unique blend of intelligent generosity and the cool factor.
3: You're telling me, you know, you're telling me that a man wearing very skin-tight fluorescent lycra and a helmet is cooler than the guy smoking a cigarette in a leather jacket? Nothing, I don't think so. Nothing
8: is cooler than confidence, Judge. Nothing. And if you were wearing skin-tight lycra, then you've got to be pretty confident, right? It's true. So I think that's pretty true.
3: Confident in all your bits, just the hanging one. out there. Okay.
8: Um, also, uh, Bicycling has had a huge impact on how our infrastructure has developed. Paved roads became mainstream not because of cars, but because of bicycles. Because cars can go across cobblestones fairly well, but bicycles couldn't. So, actually, the reason we have paved roads and tarmac is because originally it was to try and make it easier to cycle. Um, we have these incredible, um, cycling has an incredible history anyway, in terms of like how the actual Bike was invented. The origins are like because I always think about. It, I'm like, you think you see these like old-fashioned black and white photos of like people with like um, penny farthing cycles. A uh, penny and stuff, farthing.
3: Right? Why don't we make the wheels, you know, the same size? Yeah. <laughs> well,
8: there's a reason they did it with the giant wheel because you can get so much further because the wheel's so big, right? But um,
3: but why did we stop using penny farthings?
8: Oh, because apparently um, they were very uncomfortable because of the the ride. It, they used to call them um, the, the the velocipede. These, these kinds of bikes, they used to call them bone shakers because they were really uncomfortable. They would just be like... Really what were they
3: thinking? They, what were they
8: thinking? But actually, the thing is, it's really interesting because you see these old-fashioned um, photos and stuff of, like, old-school bicycles and you know that they started in like in France and England and all these, like, kind of, like, westernised countries, but then they've been adopted by, like, so much of the population of the world and, like, they're everywhere in Asia, as you said, there's a lot and lots of you, you don't need to bicycles. plug it
3: in. You don't need to charge it.
8: Yeah, and it... Keeps you going and going and going. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is that they don't, they don't really know the origins of the bicycle, which is quite interesting. It's not possible to attribute its invention to one single person, um, although that they they can see the early ancestors of the modern bicycle <laughs> around the the kind of early eighteen hundreds.
3: So the Neanderthals um, of the modern. Neanderthals modern, of the bicycle. Yeah, no, the no the I'm not, bicycle. not. We're not talking about
8: Neanderthals today. I promise we're not. Um, but anyway, so basically what happened, and I'm going to totally abbreviate this for you, is. Um, starting in like 1817, there was um, the the running machine, which was invented by Bahn Karl von Dres in Germany. And this machine was less like a bicycle in the modern sense because it didn't have pedals. It basically had like two wheels and kind of like a, a frame and it was propelled by walking kind of like the Flintstones. A
3: Flintstone a mobile. A Flintstone
8: mobile. Um, and apparently this was kind of more like a gliding walk. So it wasn't really pedaling. It was kind of like you just...
3: You can imagine it. Like you yeah. take a step and you push. Yeah, and like a you... scooter, like hmm. using one
8: of those little like, you know... Those kinds of scooters, um, and then in the 1860s there was the velocipede or the bone shaker, as I said. This two-wheeled bicycle with pedals and cranks on the front wheel, and it, as, it was a bone shaker because it was basically a wooden frame and metal tires, which was ex- um, tires, sorry, which was extremely uncomfortable over cobblestone streets. So people were, like had a, had a big problem with this. They like, kind of they used them, but reluctantly. And then in the 1870s we get the high-wheeled bicycle, which is one of the first models that was called a bicycle because it had these two wheels and someone was feeling original um when the high wheel allowed the rider to travel farther with a single rotation of the pedals and then um creating a metal frame and rubber tires provided a more comfortable ride than the previous bone shaker so people were like quite happy about that and then we have um going forward a bit more in 1888 pneumatic tiles were invented by whom do you know who invented the name no john boyd dunlop
3: Oh, there yeah, yeah, right, I know. Yeah. I just made he that used connection. the guy from Bridgestone Tyres.
8: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, he developed these air-filled tyres that provided a smoother ride than just solid rubber tyres, I guess which would have been a bit bouncy and uncomfortable. And then um, in the 1920s, they started making bicycles for children. And in the 1940s, they had they put in kickstands. So
3: you're saying prior to the 1920s, it was, it was an adults-only adults adults sort of yeah, affair. Yeah. It was quite a mm. sophisticated
8: Ra- form of transportation. Raunchy. And um, in the 1960s, that's when um. Ray Racing bikes became popular, and they featured those drop handlebars and very narrow tires, and lots of speeds, and very light frame. And then in the 1980s, um, like mountain biking and extreme sports became a lot more um, popular. And then now all of the bikes are like they're on steroids. And um, in 1996 was when mountain biking appeared in the Olympics.
3: It sure did. It
8: sure did. As well as
3: BMX biking.
8: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's quite it's quite interesting, like the different kinds of cycling and things that there are out there. Um, in terms of like some more interesting history stuff, um, uh, there was actually um, in 1913 um, Tour de France rules forbade outside assistance when riders' bicycles broke. Um, so if you're, yeah,
3: I just feel like they'd have a lot more to worry about in the next four years or so. Yes, they, than the Tour de France. Did. Yeah, but at the
8: time, at the time, were this was happy, utmost important yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. um, but at, at one point, the race, um, the race leader's front fork broke. And he trekked ten kilometers to a forge where he repaired it himself, as he also happened to be a mechanic. But he was penalized ten minutes out of his total time for the race because a child worked the bellows as he was forging.
3: Hilarious! <laughs> and also, they to how far ahead was he that he could I reforge <laughs> his bike and still be in the lead? It's amazing,
8: right? Yeah. But no one has that kind of like self sufficiency anymore. Um, but yeah, and um, there's apparently there's a place in um, Michigan. Uh, there's an actual highway. It's the only highway in the U.S. where no motorized vehicles are allowed. You're only allowed to travel by bicycle, horse, or foot. Hmm. It's quite an interesting. It would be interesting if you put one of those sorts of motorways in Hong Kong, like right through the middle of centre, at the centre of town. Yeah, or something. A
3: harbour tunnel, yeah.
8: But yeah. Um, Also, despite the fact that um, in the UK, uh, speed limits don't apply to bicycles, but... You can
3: go as fast as you want?
8: Yes, but it's not really speed limits. You can be prosecuted for simply cycling too fast under the charge of cycling furiously. That's the actual legal charge if you're cycling furiously. It's not a great... How fast do you
3: have to go to be arrested for it? I don't know. Me-
8: furiously it's not it's a speed it's like an attitude 30 <laughs> miles an hour
3: perhaps yeah maybe.
8: maybe but um if we talk about like um her bikes and times of war uh interestingly um Uh, there was two people, Hans and Margaret Ray. Um, They were two Jews who fled Paris in 1940 on bicycles that Hans had built because, as I said, in the past, people were a lot more self-sufficient than us. Um, They'd just escaped hours before the Nazi party seized Paris. And among the few, and of course, obviously, on a bicycle, they were able to travel three times faster than walking. um, And among the few possessions that they carried um, away on their bicycles was the first manuscript of the Curious George book. Quite interesting, like all these things people did on bicycles, but also the Japanese invaded most of Malaysia while riding bicycles during World War Two.
3: It is comical, though, isn't it? You yeah. can imagine, like, this, this barbarian horde coming over the hills on huffy mountain bikes, right? You know? It's yeah. quite, it's
8: quite, I don't know, it's quite strange, but then, um, but then they're still, and it. I don't know why the bicycle is um, so comical, because it's quite an incredible feat of engineering and invention. It is, It's one of the most incredible inventions ever. Um, But the funny thing is, I don't know. It's just
3: funny. It's just
8: funny. But in 1981, India launched a satellite, um, right, into space. Was it a bike? No, no. It was transported on an ox cart with rocket parts carried on the backs of bicycles. I guess they're like, well, it's three times faster than walking them over to the launch pad, right? Yeah,
3: also a, a truck, maybe? A truck?
8: I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I, I think it's quite incredible. But um, they say, OK, so it is the most, one of the most efficient inventions in the history of mankind. A gallon of gasoline, so about four litres, contains, say, 31,000 calories. Not that you're eating it this is like a scientific. go
3: straight to your hips yeah
8: <laughs> if a person could drink gasoline, then a person could ride about nine hundred and twelve miles on a gallon of gas about three hundred and sixty kilometers per liter that 's incredibly efficient it 's mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing um, and then um, what was the next thing that I was going to say yes, and in terms of like the, the business of bicycles ups the like major major delivery um company was founded by two teenagers who had one bicycle and a hundred dollars that they borrowed from a friend that's how they started the delivery company i think it's quite nice thing a mm. wholesome wholesome story um there was a korean man called okwan yoon who left his very profitable business to he kind of forest gumped with a bicycle forest gump. he forest gumped with a bicycle he, actually um,
3: you know what i've heard of this man
8: oh really you have yeah Good. i have yeah what do you know about him
3: Uh, He wanted to cycle to, on a mission of peace, right? Yes. Uh, He wanted to cycle to every country, and... You know, so he cycles through the world, goes to every country, and he's been hit by a car like nine times or something. Well, they
8: say that he's so basically. You're right. So over nine years, he biked across 192 countries on six continents, survived six car accidents, malaria, extreme temperatures, robbery, and kidnapping. He's been kidnapped. I Wonder if they gave him back his bike or not. I
3: tell you what, he could change a tire pretty lickety split. <laughs> yeah, I, think. I reckon he could. Yeah. Uh, Cruz, do you want to go to, yeah, go to a song? A song that you hate. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. This is Katie Malua with Nine Million Bicycles, because it's what we're talking about. It's relevant, yeah, it's relevant. Relevant. Okay.
10: It's a thing we can't deny Like the fact that I will love you till I die We are 12 billion light years from the edge That's a guess No one can ever say it's true But I know that I will always be with you I'm warm by the fire Of your love every day So don't call me a liar Just believe everything that I say There are six billion people in the world More or less And it makes me feel quite small But you're the one I love
3: Fantastic soothing song. I feel soothed.
8: feel soothed. I feel soothed. All right, well, I'm glad you feel soothed.
3: Are there actually 9 million bicycles in Beijing cruise?
8: No, I didn't check this. We had this conversation. But there are 9.4 million in Shanghai. Um and Which is
3: a lot of bicycles. It's a lot
8: of bicycles considering um yeah, 60% of local um, cyclists in Shanghai cycle to work every single day. So there are 9 million bicycles for 19 million people. It's quite Yeah, it's quite a lot of bicycles really. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of bicycles. Um, actually, it's interesting because China has 1.3 billion people, obviously. Yes. And um, it has 500 million bicycles, like squillions and squillions of bicycles. And the cyclists of the country are like 37.2%. In comparison, um, somewhere like the Netherlands, which has always been quite famous for its cycling, which apparently is not Amsterdam, which I always think is like the most... Cycle-friendly city in the world. Is it Rotterdam? No, it's not. It's actually um, it's uh, uh, as a country, the Netherlands is not the most cycle-friendly city. Too Den- many canals. Den- Denmark is apparently mm. ah yes, I have a canal fact. <laughs> apparently, every year between twelve thousand and fifteen thousand bikes are pulled out of the canals of Amsterdam. That's a lot of bikes. That's Someone's a lot just of bikes, like yeah. putting in a river. Um, but yeah, in the Netherlands, um, sixteen point six million people, sixteen point five million bicycles um and cycle, cycling is cyclists amount for 99% of the population so mm-hmm. yeah you'd be Right to think that. But interestingly, so 27 percent of all trips and 25 percent of trips to work are made by bike. Um, And the average distance people cycle a day is about 2.5 kilometers. Um, And despite um, despite the recession and everything that's happened in the world recently, um, Dutch uh, Dutch cyclists spend a huge amount of money on their bikes, nearly a billion euros a year. And around um, 1.3 million bicycles were sold there in 2009 at an average price of 713 euros each. That's not a cheap bicycle. That's like 7,000 Hong Kong dollars for a That's bicycle. A um but um but yeah apparently it's also um there's a lot of bike theft is a huge problem and um about one in 5 bicycles are being stolen every year. Um every year, one like they're 20% of bicycles so, They're
3: so easy to steal.
8: They're just, they're just everywhere. There just everywhere. seems like there's an oversupply, but they're expensive, so I can understand why this is a problem. But um interestingly, um on in bike theft the san francisco police department estimates that 90% of bike thieves in san francisco are drug addicts and that bicycles are considered a form of street currency there <laughs> <laughs> street face Funny,
3: <laughs> so so ni- only ninety percent are drug addicts. So the other ten percent are just really big cycling enthusiasts. Yeah, that's the one. Cycling addicts, yeah,
8: but it's like they actually consider it. Like, can you imagine the police chief saying it yeah, with a straight face? Yeah, like, this is bicycles this are is, a form of street currency. I, like,
3: okay, yeah, I got I got two pounds of meth. I'll trade you four mountain yeah. bikes for it.
8: Yeah, well, um, but <laughs> apparently, but um, as uh, as an experiment, Massachusetts transit police to try and like in another place, another another time, another place, trying to curb um bike thefts, placed cardboard cut-out cops near two bike racks That's in Cambridge and the bike theft dropped 70, 67% in a month just by having like two cardboard, cardboard cut looking,
3: looking sternly. I guess from
8: a distance you'd be like, oh, that might be, oh no, it's just a cut-out. But then you're like, but is it? You know, I guess it kind of makes you. A bit
3: That's why every bank, every every branch of every bank should just have a cardboard cutout in oh, front of the vault of, yeah. a, of a police officer. I think
8: they should. It works. It actually works in New Zealand. They do that with cars for speeding. They do like an, a, a cutout of a police car on the side of the road, so you think it's a police car and you slow down. And it's quite. It's a clever idea. You do. People we'll do have this kind of. I don't know. Reaction to it.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: Anyway, um, there are about a billion, a billion bicycles in the world twice as many mo- as motor cars and almost 400 million bicycles are in China. Every year, some 50 million bicycles and 20 million cars are produced. So we actually still produce more bicycles than we do cars, but I still feel like there are too many cars. But um, anyway, um, but that, yes. That'll be in your car's
3: <laughs> audio column.
8: That'll be in my car's audio column. Um, the one thing I thought was quite like um, depressing was in Denmark, the bike helmet law, because I'm, I'm quite... Quite an anxious cyclist. I believe in wearing a helmet, and I believe in wearing a helmet, especially in places like Hong Kong, because I'm like, this is not—you're not, not going to bump into another this is cyclist. Hostile
3: territory. Yeah, it is.
8: It is. It's really at your own peril, unfortunately. Um, but Whereas I feel
3: like in in Beijing or Shanghai, you just jump on the bike. You don't need a helmet. What's going to happen? Yeah,
8: I think if it's got a bit, yeah, it just it. Just wear a helmet, um, but apparently the the helmet law was defeated in Denmark, partly because the overwhelming evidence that is that enforced helmet laws lead to less cycling, particularly for utility journeys and amongst young people so people who like like literally the cool factor the, the Cruise, cool factor is still
3: if i 'm I'm on a hot date and I have a perfectly <laughs> coiffed pompadour hairstyle i don 't want to crush it with a helmet before I see my lovely you know uh, wench. Uh, right. so yeah, I do believe that, yeah, yeah. who to wear a helmet honestly
8: well i think I think you should, and I think that if it was a really special lady, she would value your in value of safety my helmet right.
3: hair yeah. so
8: learning to ride a bike and why we don't forget how to learn a ri- le- learn to ride a bike although is the phrase it's like riding a bike, is that the phrase? no,
3: it's like elephants ride bikes, they never forget.
8: Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah that, okay. that's the same. Sure. But basically, our long-term memory is divided into two portions, declarative memory and procedural memory. So declarative memory is the portion of our brain which keeps track of what is what. It's, um, you can consciously recall parts from this memory. It's things like events and facts and any other kind of a memory associated with your life. Um, so, um, But declarative memory is also known as your explicit memory. It refers to information that has been explicitly stored within your brain so that it can be retrieved Easily, So this is the kind of memory of, like, understanding how to, like...
3: You mean procedural memory, is this?
8: Yes, this is what procedural memory is. So, like, for ex- um, Yes, declarative memory is procedural memory. No, it's not.
3: Nope, they're two separate things. They're two separate things. The first one, what's what? <laughs> what's what? second one is... Procedural.
8: Procedural, correct. So...
3: How to do things. How
8: to do things. Now, um, the type of... Um, so... F- for example, once you learn how to ride a bike, you can never forget it because it gets stored within the procedural memory, making it impossible for it to get out. So procedural memory, consists, <laughs> even of, if you want to, you want to forget, you cannot. Um, and this is the same with, like, for example, like learning to play a musical instrument, even though I don't really agree with that because I used to play the piano when I was a kid and I have no idea how to play the piano now. Just completely lost that, but apparently this is the uh, thing. Do what things? Swimming, perhaps. Yeah, swimming. Um, driving is a big procedural memory one. Skiing, skateboarding, making a good
3: cup of Joe.
8: That's the one. Um, uh, yeah, so it's quite interesting that like you can't. It's really hard to forget how to ride a bike once you do. But do you remember learning to ride a bike?
3: I do. Terrifying.
8: Really? Mm, really? Do you remember terrifying. the moment when you first rode a bike?
3: Yeah, exhilarating. It's the, 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 the highest I've ever been in my life. Really? Yeah, what a great feeling that was.
8: Where where was it? And uh, it was just was around it?
3: the street near my house and uh, just got a push from uh, the old man, I think, and uh, I was off.
8: Yeah.
3: And from that moment on, I was a man, Cruz. <laughs>
8: It's funny I funny how you remember it, though, I right? lived, yeah. I got so excited the first time I learned how to ride a bike, I fell off it. Because I was like, I'm riding a bike! And, then and I that's what I knew. That's
3: what I knew. You can keep your drugs, you know, guys. You can keep your alcohol. Yeah, I'll yeah. just take the bike. Yeah.
8: Michael Palin actually wrote, said, um, one of the most important days of my life was when I learned to ride a bicycle. And he really knows what he's talking about in the grand scheme of things. Um, I have loads of bicycle facts, actually. Please. I have a lot of bicycle facts. Please.
3: I'd love to hear them. Um,
8: Susan B. Anthony, I have two from this incredible woman. She said, um, let me tell you what I think of bicycling. I think it's done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel. The picture of free, untrammeled womanhood. And she also said that she who succeeds in gaining the mastery of the bicycle will gain the mastery of life. She kind of like flipped between the two sort of moods, but thought it was quite good. Uh, David Attenborough says, um, David Attenborough, you know, you know, basically one of the most incredible human beings ever said, if I can bicycle, I bicycle, which makes you think, I want to do that. Of course, That would be yeah. amazing. Um, H.G. Wells says, every time I see an adult on a bicycle, I no longer despair for the future of the human race. And to a degree, I kind of agree with that. It's quite nice to see someone actually just riding a bicycle. Not like hardcore road cycling, but just someone riding a bicycle, do you think? For
3: pleasure. For
8: pleasure. Um, Peter Golkin, the author, said, My two favourite things in life are libraries and bicycles. They both move people forward without wasting anything.
3: I bet he's a riot at parties.
8: (laughs) He said the perfect day would be riding a bike to the library, which some of us would agree with. I would agree with that. I would love to have a day like that. Um, Arthur Conan Doyle, the author, said, when the spirits are low, when the day appears dark, when work becomes monotonous, when hope hardly seems worth having, just mount a bicycle and go out for a spin down the road without thought on anything but the ride you are taking. I quite really like that. Um, And Albert Einstein, this is the last one I can tell you, and then I will ride on out of here, except for I'm not, because I can't ride a bicycle out of the studio. That would be inappropriate. Um, He said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. It's quite nice. You inspired to ride a bike?
3: Uh, where, though? That's the problem.
8: Sha there's some great cycle
3: paths. You've got to go there. all the way out to Sha Tin to ride a bike so you don't get run over, you know? I'd, I'd like to ride it through the heart of Nathan Road in TST, but. Would
8: you? No. I would. Maybe one day. Do you think that's kind of like a future we'd have in Hong Kong? Like suspended bike paths?
3: I tell you what, though. Yeah. Chinese New Year, streets are deserted, not a car inside, yeah, everyone's yeah. spending time with their silly families. I'll be riding the roads, I'll be pounding the asphalt up and yeah. down. Will you, actually? i got to find a bike first. Yeah. Well. Mm. Thanks so right. much for coming in. No worries. Excellent. Uh, this next song is called the Bike Song. It's by Mark Ronson and the Business International. Bike themed.
8: Oh, okay, bike themed. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: Oh,
3: Massive, gigantic thanks to Cruzanne McCallaghan for making her way in and talking about bikes. She'll be in next week as well. Got some more music on the way, including some new ones by Maggie Rogers, but first, here's Justice with Fire. <coughs> We do. Erica do there with Apple Tree you're listening to the juice on Radio 3 you can get in contact with us with a telephone device, then you input into that device 233 We love hearing from you if you have a song request. Here is a new song uh, by a young woman named Maggie Rogers. Now, she has burst on the scene uh, in an era where people often burst on the scene. Uh, she is co-signed by Pharrell Williams. She's supported by him. Uh, she could be the next big star, folks, I'm telling you. Maggie Rogers here with her new song, and I mean startlingly new, uh, it's on and off
0: This week, World Vibes has a couple of musical treats on offer. First, a selection of hot new chart hits from a surprising number of places on the planet. Then, our featured album from the archives from Mali's African blues guitarist Ali Farcature and US guitarist Ry Cooter. <laughs> All that's on World Vines with me, Pietro Bleu, this Saturday afternoon from 1 to 3 p.m. on Radio 3.
6: Tra le tue braccia,
0: Arrivederci ragazzi. Braccia.
11: Radio 3.
3: Colombo, rockabilly bob. Your weather forecast for today, mainly fine and dry, cool tonight. The outlook, fine and dry in the next couple of days. Temperature will be around 12 to 13 degrees, frosty indeed. 17 degrees at the minute, 67% relative humidity.
1: Cocaine and other drugs into the US. The news from RTHK.
4: Financial intermediaries appointed by moneylenders are not allowed to charge you or ask you to hand over money to them. Stay away from financial intermediaries who charge you fees on whatever pretext and don't engage unappointed financial intermediaries. Remind yourself, don't pay financial intermediaries if you borrow from a moneylender. To verify financial intermediaries appointed by moneylenders, please visit cr.gov.hk/mlr.
3: sweetest thing.
12: Joined in the studio by Danny Hicks. Danny... Who doesn't stop talking then, <laughs> and starts <then laughs> trying to introduce a record. Sorry about that. It's uh, all good. Yeah, too much going on, isn't there? A um, bit of Australian Open tennis. Uh,
3: now, I, I actually I actually put a bet on, and you might not remember, last week, mm. I said how many rackets is uh, is Kyrgios going to break? I think it was two in the end. He broke he two
12: rackets. Two, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, not bad considering he went out in the second round. With, uh, with the, did it again, didn't he? With oh, a meltdown
3: just... of being two sets up. Mm. and then falling apart, falling to pieces in front of a hometown crowd.
12: In front of a hometown crowd. um, Blaming everyone. um, Blaming John McEnroe in the press conference afterwards. Or saying, you know, John McEnroe said quite rightly that, you know, Kyrgios has got to go and sort himself out. And he said, you know, talent-wise, he's top 10. Mentally, he's 200 in the world, talking about his ranking. And then Kyrios. Proceed to answer every question in a press conference with "Ask Johnny Mac." He knows. Um, or do you think you're not training? But ask Johnny Mac. He knows. And, and it's like you know, here we go a, again. A, as an
3: Australian fan, it's not so much you know we don't we don't, we don't mind if you lose. It happens. Mm. You know, if if you're not that good. Well, let, but what we the the lack of professionalism, the yeah. lack of
12: well, let, let's contrast this with Novak Djokovic, who is out. The big shock of the week. I mean, it's been fairly. Fairly much as predicted, I I think, so far. And there's not been any shocks, apart from the seismic one of six-times winner and reigning champion Novak Djokovic losing in the second round to Denis Istomin, ranked 117. Uh, A a man called Denis in glasses, knocked out. You know, I wear glasses as well. I'm not knocking, but, you know, it just seems so unusual, doesn't it, in the second round of a Grand Slam. Djokovic turns up its press conference. Obviously bitterly, bitterly disappointed to give up his favourite court in the world, probably he's won more Grand Slams in Melbourne than anywhere else on the Rod Laver arena um, bitterly disappointed to to go out, but it turns out his press conference pays tribute to his opponent uh, says he just wants to get out of town, but does all the right things he could have easily, for want of a better term tanked that press conference and took a fine you know, you're contracted to do your press conferences but if you don't turn up, you get a fine which he could easily afford and you could have almost forgiven Djokovic. For, can anyone remember the last time he lost in the second round? We're so used to seeing him in the semi-finals and finals of every tournament. I can't remember the last time he lost in the second round. You could have forgiven him if he just went, I'm not doing it this time. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the $40,000 final, whatever it is. But no, he turned up. He paid tribute to his opponent. It was a loss to explain why he wasn't quite there. He lost in five sets. Um, just said he wanted to pack his bags, get out of town and, and kind of think about what's happened. And, but he said all the right things and was gracious and was professional. Kyrgios, who thinks, you know, he can just turn up, uh, you know, lost in the second round, probably picked up 80 grand for doing it. And he, he's, a, he's a happy bunny. This comes back to something I said about him last week. He doesn't train properly. As soon as that match started getting into the third set and beyond, he, as soon as he lost the third set, he was in trouble. He doesn't train properly. He's admitted it. He's played basketball in the close season. Yeah, you know, people like Federer and Murray and Djokovic, and even like Dan Evans, the British guy, is learning from Andy Murray. The third, he's in the last sixteen. He's, he, you know, he's ranked fifty-one in the world. He's only the third-ranked British player. He beat the other Australian, homage who's another case of a bit of a screw loose, but not as bad as Curious. But these guys don't train properly, and when they get into the five-set matches, they they lose it. And uh, we've seen it time and it's curious. You've got to have the miles in your legs. You've got to have the stamina. It's it's 30, 40 degrees out there and you're going to be on court for four hours. You cannot uh, skimp on the things like the pre-season training. Murray won't have picked up a racket for six weeks, but, He would have been putting it, pounding out the miles. He would have been doing it in the gym. He would have been strengthening his body. He would have been getting the cardiovascular into his legs so that if he gets taken to five sets, he's going to be as fresh in the fifth as he was in the first. And that's what these guys do. And that's what being professional is about. And And the fact that he doesn't do that leads to all the other problems. Yeah, of I mean, his mind going and everything else.
3: And you, you've brought it up before, where he's not. It he almost <clears> seems it's, it seems unfair to say, but a bit unstable. Where if you're that far ahead, you should you know be confident. You should be you should be coasting, being two sets ahead. But he was looking all around the court. He was he was yelling yeah. at the court. What do you want and, me to do? Remarked on that before, haven't yeah.
12: I? His eyes go everywhere. It's almost like he's a bit. He's, he's having psychological help at the moment after his, after tanking his match in Shanghai, which he got fined for and banned and was and got the band commuted uh, reduced because it, as long as he sees a sports psychologist but blimey get another sports psychologist he's not having much he's not having much effect at the moment is he? he's just doing the same old things his eyes go everywhere it's almost like he i don't know if he's ever been checked out for a bit of autism or bipolar or something like that but it's almost like he's two he's two different people you know when he's up and confident he, he he's fun and he's happy-go-lucky and then suddenly he turns and when things are not going right he, Drops in his shoulders, drop his eyes, go. His body language is awful, I and mean, he re- returned one serve with a what they call a tweener, you know, between the leg shot, which is an exhibition shot for no reason whatsoever. Um, it's just it's, you just don't do it, do you? Mm-hmm. As a professional sportsman, you ca- you turn up, you give your all. He doesn't. Unfortunately, he's not professional. He doesn't turn up and give his all. He doesn't even give his all in training. Um, he's never. If he carries on like this, he's never. He's going to be one of those. What ifs? Could, what have, could, could have been. been? Yeah. He's 21 years old and he's in danger of blowing himself out. And people are going to lose patience with him. And the, the tennis authorities are going to lose patience with him. He's already on a ban. He's already on a I war. Mean, I, I he think could I be banned for a very thing. long time if he carries on like this because it's not the behaviour. It's all very well having your Mac and Rose in the past and, and having a row with the other. Un- Being entertainment. <laughs> yeah. But he was good. Yeah. yeah, and he won. He won Grand Slams. He won four Wimbledons. I mean, you know... Um, you tolerate that, but Kyrgios is neither... He's not good enough to get away with those antics yeah. at the and moment. I, I
3: certainly think the public is is,
12: has uh, soured on him. But let's move
3: on. Uh, the, mm. old, the old Swiss lion, uh, Roger Federer, he's, he's going well, great he's guns. good,
12: isn't he? And, and, and the, the thing is, you know, it's opened up one half of the draw with, with men's draw, with Djokovic going out, because left in that half of the draw, don't write off Rafa Nadal now. He's about He's number nine seed. And he's about the best left in that half of the draw. You look at well, Ryanich, number three, is in that half of the draw. The way it's shaping up, Ryanich and Nadal um, uh, could meet in the quarterfinal. Uh, no, they they meet they meet in the last 16 if they win their matches today. This is shaping up unbelievably. You know, we're going to have the number three seed, Ryanich, who's got a couple of Grand Slam finals himself and is tipped to be one of the next Grand Slam winners against Rafael Nadal, who's looking good. Um, just looking down the draw here. Now, if they both win today, they're playing later today. Um, ooh, can't read my notes. Um, anyway, Nadal is playing Alex Veriev of Germany, who is another up and coming. He's only twenty fourth seed, but everyone's tipping him as a future Grand Slam player. He's really been playing well of late. He's won one of the pre uh, pre pre Australian Open warm up events. He's playing Nadal today. So the winner of that plays Ryanich. But after that, the winner of that, you fancy them go all the way to the final because if you look at the rest of the draw, you've got um you've got Ferrer, uh who Ryanich plays today, you've got T- uh Dominic Team V, uh Goffin of Belgium. you've got Dimitrov and Istamin who beat uh, who beat these are likely quarterfinals. They're not that's not where they're playing today. Istamin is playing Pablo Cuero. Pastar, The, the Pastara, fact that his, his name uh, isn't 30, rolling so, off your yeah, tongue. exactly. Yeah. Out on court. So his reward for beating Djokovic on Rod Laver is he's playing out on court two today. you got Ivo Karlovic against uh, Goffin of Belgium, Gilles Simon against Reinic today, Monfils against Cole Schreiber. You know, they're not they're not names you automatically go, oh, there's a potential winner. You look in the other half of the draw, uh, where they're already at the last 16 stage and we be playing tomorrow. You've got Murray against another... Alex Verev's brother, Mishazerev, who thankfully for Murray is not quite as good as his younger brother, 50th in the world. And you've got Federer v Nishikori. I mean, what a match-up that is. That, that would grace any final in a Grand Slam, certainly in, in a couple of years ago. So Federer looking mightily good against blowing away Burditch in three sets last night. And, um, you know, so the winner of Federer v Nishikori will play Murray probably in the final. And then Murray, if he wins that, will have to play Verinka in the semi final, likely. Or it could be Dan Evans, even his compatriot, who plays Songa tomorrow. Dan Evans, what a story he is. He hasn't even got a kit sponsor into the last 16. And look who he's beaten. He's beaten Marion Cilic, the number seven seed, a Grand Slam winner himself, of course. And then he's beaten Australian favourite Bernard Tomic yesterday in straight sets. I mean, unbelievable, the British number three. So, And then on the women's half of the draw, we've got Joanna Konta, who's playing today. Uh, for a place in the last sixteen, and the women. So British tennis, are, unlike Australian tennis, you have to say at the moment they've only got Dala well, Gavrilova in the women's probably left. Sam Stoza as predicted, went out straight away. Uh, um, let's talk a little bit about the women's draw though. Uh, Serena's mm. through; she's going to play. Serena's tonight. looking better with every match, must say, and she looked—you know—she didn't look great in the warm-ups but Ellen um, Kerber as well in the other half of the draw, the, the reigning champion, world number one. Is looking better and better as the match going on. But we have got a great matchup today on the women's side with, I say, Joanna Konta of Great Britain, who's probably the after those two, probably everyone's third favourite for this title because she's just in the best form this season. She won, uh, she won Sydney, didn't she, in the, uh, in the week before this, and she's in tip-top form. And she she got to the final in um, Shenzhen and she won Sydney. So she's playing Caroline Wozniaki, the former world number one, who again is a bit resurgent. So. You'd, you'd say that you'd fancy one of those two to go d- deep, deep, deep into the tournament. The winner of that, and and possibly challenge Serena or or Kerber. But at the moment, it's looking like same old Serena v Kerber on form.
3: And as we've as we've seen in this very tournament, sometimes it's not about who's you know seeded the highest mm. or ranked the no. highest. If you're
12: just on, you're on, it's and you on can form, yeah. take and, the
3: three sets. You know. And we've
12: seen another fancy in the top seed go out just now live score uh, Dominika Sibylkova the number 6 seed has just lost to Katerina Safarova in three Titanic sets you have to say she was she was 6-2 of 4 love down Sibylkova and she somehow and when I left home she was looking all the world like she was going to get blown away in two sets somehow she came back and, and won the second set on the tie break but she lost it 6-3 in the third that's live just as we speak so she's out another top seed so um that's really opened up, you've got the top two seeds and the other one I would say was probably dangerous in there uh, if there's going to be an upset, Carolina Pliskova uh, who the number five seed who looks very very good as well, Muguruza uh, I'm not sure she seems to be a bit up and down doesn't she and you probably think clay's her best surface uh, Pliskova Conta as outsiders for the women's draw but it's looking like probably same old as a repeater last year and repeat of the Wimbledon final, uh, Serena v Kerber. And of course in Grand Slam finals, they're, they're one each at the moment. So, you know, who who's to say, but it's shaping up brilliantly. And that, like I said, the, 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 the place to watch is tomorrow. That, that top half of the men's draw, because you've got in that, they're down the last 16. So in that, in that 8 in that top half I'll, I'll read you the 8 names in that, t- that top half of the draw we've all got to play each other if they want to get the final at some point you've got Murray Sver- Mishisharev Federer Nishikori Varinka Seppi Songa and Dan Evans who's the uh, you know who's on the, the run of his life court, he's, got, yeah. the, he's in the last 16 for the first time and got nothing nothing to lose really and he's buying his own kit from Uniqlo <laughs> and looking for a shirt sponsor. you know, great story isn't it Ten. and apparently got stubbed for a selfie by Kevin Peterson in a pub in Melbourne saw Kevin Peterson in the pub <laughs> Peterson's apologised on Twitter said sorry I've been in the pub since 1pm didn't recognise you mate <laughs> Um, catch me another time. Went up to Peterson and said, "Hey, can I? I'm Dan Evans. Can I have a selfie." And Peterson said, "No, nah, sorry, mate, I don't know you." <laughs> and Brushed him aside. He'll know him if he uh, goes if he, through another couple of rounds, him. won't he? Um, he won't do that again. So, yeah, uh, it was all looking a bit dull up until Djokovic went out, and then suddenly, boom, it explodes. And uh, tomorrow, watch the men because, like I say, you have got those those four matchups tomorrow: Murray v. uh I I You'll, get, admit, there. You'll get there. Federer v. Nishikori, Varinka v. Seppi, and Songa v. Evans in the last sixteen in that top half of the draw. They're all great, great looking battles, and that's to come tomorrow. So, um, and some great tennis to come today. As I say, you know, you've got the you've got the bottom half of the men, and you've got probably the match of the day in the women. Uh, try and catch Joanna Contour, which is on very, very soon. Joanna Conta of Great Britain, against Caroline Wozniacki, the former world number one. I think that's going to be a great, great battle, and the winner of that could go very deep into the tournament.
3: Mate, let's push right through because uh, in the football side of things... Yeah, we can't, uh, we, uh, we can't huge not match. mention the
12: football. Yeah, massive, massive, massive game today. Um, probably for Man City more than Tottenham. Tottenham second at the moment, trying to keep, keep pace with Chelsea, who are still seven points clear at the top, despite Tottenham having beaten them. Tottenham beat Man City at our lane, probably their best performance of the season earlier this year, when Man City were top. And uh, it's the reverse fixture today... Um, Midnight, no, 1.30am, unfortunately, our time, the late game, Man City v Tottenham. But by then, Man City could find themselves not only out of the, the top five, out of the top uh, line sixth, uh, out of the top four, but but sixth in the table because Manchester United go to Stoke earlier at three o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock our time with Wayne Rooney looking for a goal that would take into a Man United record, eclipse Bobby Charlton, 250 goals for Man United. And uh, you know, if Man United and Liverpool are playing Swansea, but if Man United beat Stoke away, which on form at the moment you'd probably fancy them to do, then Man City will find themselves sixth by the time they kick off against Spurs. So a defeat would be disastrous, out of the question, unthinkable for them. At the same time, Tottenham, six six Premier League wins on the trot, scoring goals for fun at the moment, are putting in four here, four there you got to say with Harry Kane, hat-trick last week against West Brom, who West Brom normally come and, you know, it's kind of cliche, park the bus at Tottenham. But Tottenham blew them away with four goals and could have had ten to be honest. Kane could have had six or seven on his own. He hit the post. Ben Foster was immense in the West Brom goal or, or would have been carnage there. I mean, it was one of the most one-sided performances I've seen all season. Um so you think Man City got their work cut out however they will have their new signing in the squad today Gabriel Jesus the Brazilian they've signed from Palmeiras the, the deal was done last summer but he wasn't able to, to come till January the paperwork's been sorted out he can uh, make his debut today whether it be in the starting 11 or, or from the bench remains to be seen we had an extraordinary press conference with Pep Guardiola overnight at our time the, the Man City manager you know, storied manager won everything with Barcelona and Real Madrid um, Bayern Munich, hasn't he? Um, but he said, "Maybe I'm not good enough for this." It's quite a revelation. Um, said, so "Maybe it's not the not the players who are not good enough for me. It's me who's not good enough for the players." And saying, so, "You know, he's never been in this position as a manager before." Of course, they got beat four 0 by Everton last week, which is his heaviest defeat ever in a league match as ever. a manager, yeah. ever for any club. Barcelona or Bayern never got beat 4-0 never got beat by four goals in any match ever Um, coming off the back of that and you've got to say you know, Everton are no great shakes this season but they blew Man City away 4-0 and Tottenham won 4-0 last week Uh, that's quite a daunting prospect Man City have got to turn it around and quick even though they're at home and Guardiola's just starting the self-doubts are creeping in he thinks he might not be the man for the job He, he doesn't know how to rescue it from this situation um, which is quite an omission, and it's not exactly putting confidence into your players, is it, when they need it? Maybe Hazus coming in will be a bit of a boost. Tottenham will be slightly depleted in that Jan Vertongen, who turned his ankle over. It was quite horrible, actually, just running down the touchline. You know, when you turn your ankle, it's, it really hurts, doesn't it? Well, he turned it running full pelt, and uh, he's a big, big lad, and uh, he's out for six weeks at least with lim- ligament damage. But, uh, you know, Spurs pride themselves on a tight defence this season they've let in fewer goals than anyone else in the league and they're they're pretty much up there in the goal scoring stakes and uh, they're scoring for fun at the moment on a great run of confidence so you would on form you'd fancy Spurs but Man City have really got to put the bit between their teeth. They lose this, they'll find themselves you know, 13 points off. Chelsea have got Hull tomorrow at home. You wouldn't expect them to slip up there. And Arsenal are playing tomorrow as well at home. To Burnley, you wouldn't expect them to slip up. Liverpool kick us off today, 12:30, 8:30 our time against Swansea, home to Swansea, who are struggling at the bottom. You wouldn't expect Liverpool to slip up there. So you basically you expect everyone else to win this weekend. Where well, yeah, the possible except Man United might, you know, get held because they're away from home at Stoke, but. You expect everyone to score points anyway or above Man City. Man City will find themselves in six and if they drop three points to Tottenham, they'll be 13 points off the league. Title's gone and even hopes of getting in the Champions League might be fading fast unless they win the thing, of course. Um,
3: And then might you think maybe Guardiola might? And
12: Guardiola, you know... Looking over his shoulder. Abu Dhabi owners, you know, they're they're not known for... They are known for having a short fuse, I should say. Um, You know, Pellegrini... Got the boot after not a bad season. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hughes got the boot way back when they first took over. Mancini, and, got, the uh, boot. Mancini got the boot after winning the league for them. So, you know, they're not, they're not known for their patience. And Guardiola, a bigger name as you are, if they don't get Champions League football, that's a disaster for Manchester City with the amount of money that's spent and the amount of players they've got and the squad they've got, not to get even in the top four. I mean, we were talking about them at the start of the season as probably, after the first half a dozen games of the season, probably nailed on for the title. Look at them now. just shows you how things turn around. Whereas the teams that were below them have just ploughed on. You know, Liverpool keep winning, Tottenham keep winning, Chelsea keep winning, Arsenal keep winning, Man United keep winning now, and suddenly they find themselves sixth by the time they kick off against Spurs, and really got their backs to the wall. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. I think it's... Uh, you know, what, what does Guardiola do? Does he stick? Does he twist? Does he, does he go for damage limitation? I hope they can eat. You, know, you wouldn't say this about a Man City side at home, but it might be a case against such a rampant Spurs team, Just go for a 1-0 and You try yeah. and shut up shop and maybe get something on the break with Aguero and Hazus and, and those sort of players. Almost players the away side. Um, because Tottenham found them out. Um, at White Hart Lane and Tottenham have found Chelsea out of White Hart Lane and they're good against the big sides and that's why they're up there so we'll see I, I, I just think it's a fascinating, a fascinating match-up and um, I, for once I think we'll be getting up, uh, going to bed early and getting up at one thirty in the morning to watch it Absolutely mate do you have fixtures real quick? Yep yeah, uh, as I say kick us off with Liverpool v Swansea at 12.30 that's 8.30 our time uh, 3 o'clock kick-offs 11 o'clock our time Bournemouth v Watford Palace v Everton Borough v West Ham, West Ham without Dimitri Payet, who's uh, having a hissy fit and throwing his dummy out at the pram, isn't he? and doesn't look like he's going to play for West Ham again. Uh, he says he wants to go home. He's homesick to Marseille. Yeah, you watch how homesick he is. If Chelsea or Tottenham come in with a big money, <laughs> or China, <laughs> yeah. or China, don't rule out China for Dimitri Payet, um, the French uh, midfielder. There, he's not playing for West Ham, which you know is going to hurt them. Stoke against Man United, as I have said, and West Brom challenging against Sunderland. The late game, one thirty kickoff our time. Man City, Tottenham. Then tomorrow, uh, twelve o'clock, eight p.m. our time. Southampton v Leicester, uh, and then ten fifteen our time. Arsenal v Burnley, and we finish off midnight thirty Chelsea v Hull. Actually, Premier League this weekend.
3: Absolutely, thanks, Danny. And
12: uh, we didn't get to NFL, but we will cover it eventually. Coming up, Super Bowl well, Championship. Can I just very quickly say Championship games? If you want to watch them, Monday four. 05 in the morning Monday morning Green Bay V Atlanta NFC Championship game Fancy Green Bay in that one and the Steelers at the Patriots that's a little bit more friendly 7.40am that will kick off our time on Monday morning Patriots you, you've you got to say you fancy against the Steelers they're the Steelers who got through 18-16 against Kansas City by virtue of six field goals. And they don't have a, seem to have enough in offensive Patriots. Green Bay, what a win over Dallas, just say last weekend. Three points. Point, sorry, 34-31, three points. They were deep, deep, deep in within their own 20 with seconds to go, a 36-yard pass and a 51-yard field goal with three seconds on the clock, won it 34-31. So I fancy Green Bay to go all the way to meet the Patriots in the Super Bowl and I'm going to stick my neck out Green Bay to win the Super Bowl oh. as they did in 2011 Big call Alright <laughs> Cheers we mate Danny We'll talk to you next week
3: Alright <laughs> Sleepless nights, at the Chateau
10: Visualise it I'll give you something
2: to do Coach, coach, wherever we go Visualise it I'll give you something to do I why.
11: 7 a.m.
8: Radio 3.
3: Kasabian there, goodbye, kiss. Big thanks to Danny Hicks for making his way into the studio. He'll be back next week to chat. Uh, Here's some more music. Here's Ghost with Square Hammer.
8: Station for an international city. This is Radio Three.
3: the 1975 She's American. More music on the way. Remember, if you have a request, two three three eight eight two six six. This is Unknown Mortal Orchestra with The World is Crowded. <laughs>
9: Song is ended, but the melody lingers on.
1: This week on Vintage Chart Toppers, we are going to look back at the decades between the 1920s and the 1950s, a chance for you to practice your mambo, a number one hit for three singing sisters, and a legendary corner player called Bix. That's Vintage Chart Toppers, Sunday morning,
0: 8.30am on Radio 3.
3: Lover there, A.K.A. Childish Gambino with Redbone. Before that, we had Unknown Mortal Orchestra with "The World Is Crowded." Plenty more stuff coming up on the juice, including our good friend travy J with the Kong Community Calendar. Going to be talking about events coming up in Hong Kong this coming week. Stay tuned after 12 o'clock for that. We've got, of course, the 12 o'clock news read by the dulcet tones of one Pierre Tremblay and some more music. Here's some Rolling Stones. Gimme shelter. stones give me shelter your weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight fine and dry cool tonight in fact it's going to be fine and dry the next couple of days looking at temperatures dipping below 12 to 13 degrees in the mornings red fire danger warning is in force don't be playing with any matches 18 degrees celsius at the moment 64 percent relative humidity travi j and the news coming right up stay tuned
4: from
2: RTHK
3: Climate change affects our daily life. Apart from having
4: rising temperatures, Hong Kong has suffered from extreme weather more than ever. Reducing carbon emission in daily life, being an eco-conscious shopper, and unplugging appliances on standby can help mitigate climate change. For more information about low-carbon living, visit the website www.climateready.gov.hk. Be climate ready in Hong Kong
2: RTHK Radio Free
3: By Coldplay, and uh, joined by a guest who's no stranger to the old ink, has a few tats himself. Travy James. <laughs> I don't know
13: where I was going. I up. only have one tat, only one tat. Maybe more in the future, we'll see. But uh, yes, apologies to everyone. I, I wasn't on last week. I've been inconsistent on coming on recently. And they wept. And, and oh, you-
3: oh how the how the listeners wept.
13: But you know, we're we're aiming for consistency in the year of the rooster um you know showing the the diligence and the steadfastness of the rooster itself
3: now what year of the zodiac are you travis
13: uh the boar is what i like to say oh, the
3: boar. do you identify a lot with the boar
13: um not particularly but it's cooler than than saying pig so <laughs> it is.
3: uh i'm a rooster uh it's my year man whoa be, uh, yeah. but i'm 72 happy happy 72 48 years old. <laughs> Damn it. Went for the same joke. Uh, so, but apparently I've heard it's supposed to be really bad luck for you if it's your year. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's actually it's
13: bad not luck. not good luck. But so, I've been told uh, by um, a, a close Chinese friend of mine from the mainland that being a pig, she's also a pig. Uh, just rolling around in mud, it, it is, is a good thing because you're supposed to have like a... Kind of a, an easygoing life. Uh, you'll you'll be well taken care of if you're born in the year of the pig. Apparently,
3: it's good. You're just kicking back.
13: That's yeah, that's right. That's all I'm doing. Just, uh, I'm coming in today to kick back with you, sir. Let's
3: kick back with some events going <laughs> in in Hong Kong and Spain. Which uh, you just said you didn't go to Metallica, which was last night. Lots yeah,
13: of- that was off mic, but I, I did not go to Metallica. I found uh, the the tickets a little pricey because I, I'm I like some of Metallica songs, but I'm not that big of
3: a fan. But how are they going to afford a pool in their fifth house if they <laughs> if they don't cha- overcharge oh, us? All Lars people? has already
13: had so much taken away from him thanks to Napster. I know. Oh right. my goodness.
3: But. Never matter. <laughs> let's move on to some events which I hope are a little bit more affordable.
13: Yeah, that's uh, we, we do have some more affordable events than that, so let, let's get into it here. This is the Community calendar, of course, where we tell everyone in Hong Kong what they can do to get out and about in the city and have a good time in the coming week. It's correct. That's right. So, uh, first event here bird watching festival 2017 i can't believe i haven't mentioned this yet i haven't been on top of this one it's a it's a festival yeah that's right and this is going on at hong kong wetland park in tin shui uh daily through april 10th and this has been running since november 9th so i've, I've really done a disservice to the, the, okay. the wetland park
3: it's not really a festival when <laughs> it, it, it takes up a third of the year
13: they have long festivals here, you know. I think uh, the Hong Kong Heritage Museum has been having a uh, Bruce Lee festival for some time now. Yeah, I think about six years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but it's... this is the signature winter event of the Hong Kong Wetland Park, uh, which will introduce visitors to the, secret, the secrets in the world of birds uh, through thematic exhibitions, guided walks, and various... Edutainment activities. Edutainment. Are
3: you a big bird watcher? Have you ever been bird watching? I did. I've done... Uh, and I'm like,
13: not talking about those chicks, you feel me? <laughs> oh, those are the kinds of birds you know I like. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway. uh, but I've never, I've never been... It, I've been on nature hikes where um, they actually... Uh, a lady uh, told us how to do a bird... Or showed us how to do a bird call. She looked back in the brush. She said, "Oh, I think I see something. Let me uh, let me do a bird call and see if we can call a bird over." W- please, would you be able to imitate? Mimic? Yes. Well, that's the thing is is like, what do you what do you think of when you think of a bird call? You think of like
2: cuckoo,
3: cuckoo.
13: Yes, <laughs> something like that, yeah. or, or maybe like a birdman like. Brrr, brrr. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to that boy? Cheap,
3: cheap, cheap, cheap,
13: cheap, cheap. <laughs> something, yeah, exactly like that. But what she did was this. Shh.
3: Like uh, air being let out of a bike tire.
13: Yeah, because well, apparently you don't actually have to imitate a bird, because uh, you don't you don't know what bird you're dealing with, and every bird might have a different sound. All you have to do is make a sound that dr- draws the interest of the bird. Oh. And when they when the bird so heard that, it actually came over closer to us to investigate w- what it was hearing.
3: Was she imitating the sound of a of a tasty ripe seed or something?
13: uh yeah delicious uh rattling acorns now <laughs> coming down a tree or something like that i don't know but uh it worked
3: it worked bird call so if you're interested in bird calling yeah go to wetlandpark.gov.hk
13: uh, to find out more uh, about specific details but it's going on in tinshui through april 10th so check it out you've got a while if,
3: if you don't have time today you know what put it off you've got a couple months yeah, that's true.
13: We, you know, we we got the the short term and the long term uh mm-hmm. term activities. I dig it. I dig it. There you go. But it's always coming up in the week. Uh let's let's see another let's have another one. This one you're going to have to act a little bit more quickly on. You don't have until April 10th, but uh, this is Tobias Elof, this Danish fellow coming to uh give a mini concert and workshop at uh HK and TST. That's right. It's a u- ukulele musician. Ukulele. Musician. Yep. Um, so there's a concert tonight at 7.30pm And a uh, workshop tomorrow at 5pm The renowned Danish ukulele player <laughs> Regales and educates Hong Kong He's winner of the Danish Folk Music Championship the D- He's a Danish Music Award nominee My goodness And uh, he was admitted to the Royal Danish Academy of Music As the first in the world to major in ukulele <laughs> Majoring in ukulele That's right Now the concert is $300 $300 That's tonight. It doesn't mention anything about the workshop, so maybe if you're a ukulele player slash enthusiast, you can go check out the workshop tomorrow. I mean, this guy is no slouch (laughs) when it comes to ukulele. He's one of the
3: best. He's one of the best, (laughs) my goodness.
13: And uh, apparently he wanted to play the bass at 8 years old but was told his fingers were too small uh, so he picked up the ukulele and never went back. I mean naturally if
3: you, if your fingers are too small for bass you go right to ukulele. See this is what I love a, a ukulele is is basically is is just a guitar that's shrunk down. It, right? it only know, has
13: 4 strings. Only
3: it. has 4 strings which is as many as a bass but it's just it's just a, a miniaturized easier to play version of a guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't they have that for other instruments? I want to. want a, like a tuba, a mini tuba. No, I think I, that's just a trumpet. I want a, <laughs> I want a piano that's shrunk down to about five buttons, and so you can just press the five keys, and it's much easier than a grand piano. Yeah,
13: and I want like a a keytar that's <laughs> shrunk, like a mini keytar. a mini keytar. Yeah,
3: um, or a mini drum kit. It's just one drum. Drums. Drums. Uh, <laughs> Ringo is my favorite Beetle. <laughs> that's interesting. But have you ever played ukulele?
13: Um, I have not played ukulele. I, I've dabbled with some bass and some guitar, but I never went uh, m- length- micro size. you got them lengthy fingers. It's never been yeah. a problem for you. Yeah, It runs in the family. My dad is a, a guitarist in a band back in the States. Hey, shout out to The Remedy, McHenry, Maryland. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> if you're in the area, go see him, for sure. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but if you like ukulele, this guy sounds like the best ukulele player on the planet. That's right, and once again, it's Tobias Eloff. A mini concert and workshop that's going on tonight at 730 Please, for the concert.
3: Travis, we know who Tobias Elof is. I don't, don't need to insult go into him. more details. If you're a fan of ukulele's, you know who <laughs> Tobias Elof is.
13: Yep, and a workshop tomorrow at five PM. That's at UKHK and T S T. Just uh type uh, I guess U K-E-H-K into Facebook if you want to find out more. Um let's let's do one more, what do you say before we
3: <laughs> Yeah, and I should probably find a song to play. But oh, yeah. yeah. Songs are good. What is it? Um, is there a song with ukulele in it? I'll find something. Anyway. Oh
13: Tiny Tim tiptoe by the window. That's, mm. All right. that's a creepy. What's one. our last event for this half? <laughs> um, oh wait, there's Don Ho as well. I think he, he plays. Well, he's Hawaiian. Does he play? Uh, anyway, uh, Bollywood Saturdays. Bollywood Saturdays, not Bollywood. At Posto Publico in Soho tonight at 10:30 p.m. This Saturday night at Posto, they're bringing you an eclectic mashup between Bollywood and hip hop with beats spun by none other than DJ Mike McGurk. Uh, to top it all off, you can drink the night away with free flow booze, starting from ninety nine dollars for free flow, and that's just uh, plus a ten percent gratuity. And that includes house red and white wines, Peroni, and house
3: spirits. Uh, good stuff. Bollywood. What do you think? Bollywood. No, no, no. no, no I'm Bollywood. What do you think about it? <laughs>
13: uh, I have not seen much Bollywood. Really? Yeah. I have you? Were, you? I you're a bit of a film buff. Uh, I've seen Slumdog Millionaire. That's about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even see Three Idiots. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't, wasn't great. great. Um, I but there was a big uh, Bollywood... There were like several Bollywood numbers in that one. Or were it's there... the future, man. It's the future.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, we'll all be in Bollywood movies. Well,
13: more more generically, are you a fan of mashups?
3: No, you don't like mashups. I don't even eat mashed potatoes. You don't like Girl Talk? No,
13: <laughs> I wish I could play some. I wish I could play for for people not in the know. Girl Talk is a is a group that does exclusively mashups of different songs. You should check it out. It's it's pretty good.
3: I don't even have. Bollywood music on our system. Isn't that a tragedy? So I'm gonna play yeah. something that's like a, a stone's throw away from it. It's perhaps. not culturally acceptable in my opinion. Look, we'll be back after this one. It's Bangrenites. Bangrenite.
1: Y'all them look good, them look good like city from Bollywood
3: with Husan. There. Travy Jay's in the studio. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> uh we're talking hey, Nong, man. Hey no man. We're talking things that are happening in Hong Kong.
13: Uh that's right. It is uh, the the community calendar as it is every week here on the juice. It sure is, yeah. <laughs> um but so let's get into some more events. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Here comes a fun one. Instafunk HK popping and locking battle volume three at the Hub in Wan Chai tomorrow from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Speak, speak,
3: translate that into English for for us non well, popping and, and
13: lockers. This is one v one dance battles all day long, and uh, all the live long day. Winner takes all. That is right, and this is for either popping or locking, which are different dance styles. Apparently, you, uh, there's no like popping and locking hybrid section. You got to choose one or the other. Because that's what you're going to be judged on—how well you pop or how well you lock—and there are different judges for each, and uh, judges from Korea, China, Japan, the U.S., and of course Hong Kong. Uh, we got you know international celebrities coming into town in the world of pop locking, and. Um, so I, I was looking over the name names of some of these contestants because oh, it had a list of re- will, registered contestants.
3: Will Tobias Elof be there, famed Danish ukulele player? They should
13: bring him in as a special guest mm-hmm. uh, judge, I think. Um, he can judge them on their folk merits. Did
3: I mention that he's been nominated for a Danish Folk Music <laughs> Award?
13: No, just the general Danish music award. Oh, he he my got the Danish folk world champion. Or, well, no, the Danish champion. He couldn't be the world champion of <laughs> Denmark. Okay. Anyway, I wanted to go over some of the names of the contestants here. Because it's an interesting one. Uh, in the locking category, we have Godric, Smile, Tarta. And then we have Lockman and Lockwing. I see what you did there, guys. The locking, uh, yeah, makes sense. And then we have uh, some prob some some more interesting popping contestants. We got Charles sixty-two. They actually have a number in their name. I don't know if that's their age or what. I, something tells me no. Uh, Sohei is the name <laughs> of someone. Sohei. <laughs> Uh, Electric Kaiman T-Soul Now there's two Mings There's Mings representing the Asylum crew And there's Ming representing the Apex crew So don't get them <laughs> confused uh, Fat Kit Jethro Playfish Bone Jazzy
3: Lee Lil 3 And of course Shy all these famous <laughs> dancers coming to Hong these, Kong to these, pop and or these, lock. These, uh, these Hong Kong celebrity uh, dancers in the popping world, I, th- I believe. I, honestly, I, I do envy those people that could just go into a, a discotheque or just down the <laughs> or the Hub in Wan Chai. Or the hub and just bust out a move. Wouldn't that be fantastic if you could just destroy a
13: dance floor? Not only that, you're destroying another person at it, because if you're dance battling, you're you're trying to, you're trying uh, to serve
3: them. You're trying to one up with the other person. You got served. Trying so. to, to
13: uh tell them to step up yeah, so through a- the streets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. We're, and we'll be stepping on up again to the InstaFunk HK Popping and Locking Battle Volume 3 at the Hub and Wan Chai tomorrow from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Check it out. Sounds good. Good time. Sounds good. How about a, another one? We have uh, this is a, a bit more laid back. No no dancing at this one, I think. But uh, Microforest Workshop at Microforest in Shek K. May. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> have you heard of Shek K. May? Where is it? Are you sure it? Is it Shek Kip May? It says Shek Kite Oh, I, I know where Shek Shek is, but okay. Uh, this is tomorrow at two thirty p.m. But uh, what is it, Ravi? What is it? Well, it's a uh, these micro. These microforest work- workshops are designed to help you relax and utilize your creativity. Uh, you get your to make your own microforest artwork, which is kind of like a very small terrarium.
3: Oh, it yes. sounds nice. Like a, like a sort of a, almost like a diorama you're doing. Exactly.
13: And it's, it, it, they're very pretty and natural, kind of miniature landscapes you make. Um, and it, while you're doing this, you're also helping underprivileged mothers by creating employment opportunities. So that's good. Uh, so have fun and meet new friends and realize your own creative pot- potential with this uh, workshop in Cantonese or, or English upon request uh oh we gonna request yeah. we go request uh, now this is a 490 dollars workshop so not a free one if you're gonna head out to check k hey may you should you should re- realize that but it's for a good cause that's correct and uh so it's terrariums jud are you pro or anti
3: i've always wanted to have a zen garden that's for sure yeah that uh, would be
13: cool it's like a stone garden
3: yeah, something like that. Just something to chill me out. Where you're you know, from my, the,
13: the sand. From and the hustle and
3: bustle of the, uh, our busy Hong Kong lives. Sure, sure. Uh, so, why not a mini terrarium? I could perhaps put a a, a gecko in so it. So,
13: we can put you down for pro terrarium. Pro terrarium. By not the way, is anti. it anti or anti? How do you normally say it? I go anti. Anti? Mm. I think I usually go anti. It must be a, a regional thing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Your strange, confounding dialect. <laughs> uh anyway check out uh make make a microforest uh for yourself at um the place is called Microforest. again you can probably search facebook for that uh, in Shek Kame maybe Shek kit i had to go by what it said on the on the event you're just the messenger don't shoot the messenger that's right so um for the for our last event today judd um i'm going i'm going to kind of cheat a little bit and take it to macau Oof. We're going to Macau on this one. You know I mean, how I feel about this. January, admittedly, is not the best time for events in Hong Kong, from what I can tell. Um, I mean, I could mention this, that the this, the uh, Hong Kong Chamber Music Festival is starting this week, if people are interested in that kind you of thing. You could mention it, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I don't know. you I thought maybe going to. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, let's, let's take it to Macau with Riverdance, the 20th anniversary world tour at the Venetian Macau, Tuesday, January 24th through Sunday, February 5th. And uh, this is the international Irish dance phenomenon known as river dance of course. Have you seen this, Judd, before? It's where they just jump up and down and move their feet, they right? They move their legs very fast and in a very coordinated way, but they do not move the top half of their body or their arms...
3: At all. I feel like I may have undersold it a little bit by just describing it like that. But yeah, it's very impressive. But uh, Irish? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's some Irish uh, jiggers.
13: Uh, <laughs> oh, you can't say that word. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm sorry if I offended anyone.
3: Irish jiggers. Okay.
13: <laughs> yes, but this is, uh, you know, the phenomenon that's been seen by, you know, 25 million people worldwide capturing the imagina- imaginations of audiences across all ages and cultures. Um, I mean, but it's just another, an anniversary, it's the 20th anniversary, and, and this is another anniversary that makes me feel old, because I remember when this hit was, like, a huge thing back in the late 90s, it blew well, so up. It went, like, safety dance, river <laughs> dance. <laughs> now, th- there was a few years in between the safety <laughs> dance and river dance, as, a, uh, as I recall, but I did live through both of those things, I think. I just, don't know, when, when, was, when was safety dance? You did live through them. If it ju- was 83. Just barely, or, yeah, Just barely. it was 83 or later. Um... And uh, and then of course it was followed up by the the hit sequel uh, Michael Flatley Lord of the Dance mm. Mm. I,
3: I think that was his name
13: I can't remember his I think name. so yeah
3: so uh, and also funnily enough uh, Michael Flatley volunteered to perform at Trump's inauguration they they were having trouble finding you know and they
13: said we're cool <laughs>
3: we're good man <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, you know what there's a busker down the road we'll just we'll just go for him instead yeah of, well uh,
13: he should join the Riverdance World Tour if he's having a hard time get getting those Trump gigs. I think he's just having a Kanye bunch. West also not allowed to 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 play even though I think he offered.
3: He's very urban, isn't he?
13: Yeah, that, that was the thing they said. This oh, th- we're going for more of a traditional traditional entertainment for a traditional
3: audience. One that's less sweary, maybe. <laughs>
13: yes, and less
3: urban. Less urban. Well, yeah, he has been having meltdowns. <laughs> <have them. laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't need any any, lo-
13: any more loose cannons than you already have up there.
3: <laughs> that is correct.
13: Yeah, so fun times. Yeah, hey, uh, by the way, Judd, uh, welcome to the Trump era.
3: Thank you. All right. Right. I appreciate Good it. Good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> I was going to go to a song, but also, did you hear, this is uh, from your neck of the woods, that Ringling Brothers Circus is closing down? I did hear that, and uh, animal
13: uh, activists are, are very, very happy about this. I don't know why they're so happy. All these all these <laughs> dancing bears are going to be unemployed. Well, yeah, Where what, what are they going to do with them is what are I want to know. Yeah. Are they all just <laughs> in a, in a tr- dumpster out back now? Or? You think that elephant can be a barista at Starbucks? How's <laughs> going to work the knobs?
3: <laughs> Uh, yeah, not
13: not much dexterity. Did you ever yeah.
3: go to the circus though? A, yeah, yeah, I
13: did. I've been to Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus when it was in uh, New York. I was in New York City and uh back before they had um, Had a good time. The acrobats are still cool,
3: but uh yeah, they're they're gonna have a hard time. So well, it's just they got sort of outdone by everything. I mean, if you want now, if you want to see animals, you go to like a zoo, and if yeah. you want to see acrobats, you go to circus. You gotta you gotta to imagine the... that it's high overheads, high maintenance costs to
13: run a circus. Mm. You gotta have all these people. You gotta provide for them. They like it's a gigantic
3: tent. If you're traveling, then they they have to live like carnies, right? Well, that's the thing. Now, now, what are stowaway kid's going to do? They can't run away and join the circus. What are they going to do?
13: Exactly. I guess they are all going to have to join like the local ca- county fairs and uh, just you know run the tilt a whirl and uh, you know fun rides like that. Run the shooting the water in the clown's mouth game.
3: Oh, classic
13: game. <laughs> it's a good one. Let's go to a song. Yeah, let's do that.
3: Uh, This one by Boyzone. Remember them? Boyzone. Oh, is
13: this because I mentioned Girl Talk earlier? You went went the other way with it? No, I just really want
3: to listen to this song. Is that (laughs) that okay? (laughs) I guess. I love the way you love me. I've heard that title before, I think. We'll be back after this.
9: (laughs) the feel of your name on my lips, and I like the sound of your sweet, gentle kiss. The way that your fingers
7: run through my hair, and how your scent lingers even when you're
2: not there. And I like the way your eyes dance when you laugh
7: how you enjoy your two-hour bath And how you convinced me to dance in the rain With everyone watching like we were insane But I love
3: Harper Shine. Travis, still in the studio? I am. I'm here. I oh, am. Yeah. Now, I said I wanted to listen to this song, but also we should probably plug this uh, Battle of the Bands. They are on. Uh, The Morning Brew a little bit earlier, but Battle of the Bands happening in Hong Kong. You can win uh, recording time for your band. And I'm sure
13: I will be mentioning this one later, because it comes from uh, The Underground, which is a great organization here in in Hong Kong, putting on excellent music events. But uh, it's the Battle of the Bands on February 18th. And if you are in a band, you can uh, register. All you need is like two songs. Uh, I guess that's what it takes to get through the rounds and uh, I guess get
3: voted on if you think you got what it takes to win the battle of the bands. I think I'm gonna do uh, "Happy Birthday." That's a, that's a real strong one for me. <laughs> okay. And uh, "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." They're the are, two. Are these your go-to karaoke? Uh, songs? These, these are my go-to songs. I think I can win battle of the bands with these two. Just like you know, I'm, I've, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in, in. them I think I can win some recording time
13: delicious well this is uh check out undergroundhk.com for more details and the deadline to
3: enter is the 31st of january so do not dawdle get Kraken. this next one comes from outcast the way you move hopefully it's clean i uh, hope so we we all hope so travi we all hope so we're praying we'll be back after this
14: Ready for action, nip it in the bud, we never relaxin'. our cast is everlasting, not clashing, not at all. But see my n- went to do a little acting, that's for anyone asking. Give me one drip, b- drip, drop, there it goes an orgasm. Now you I- Side of your face, be tapping right into your memory banks. Bank. Thanks. So click at the ticket, let's see your seatbelt fastened. Trunk rattling like two midgets in the back, seat rattling. Speaker box vibrate the tag, make it sound like aluminum cans in a bag. But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS bass? But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS bass? them give them something
3: featuring sleepy brown the way you move what a jam you're listening to the juice on radio three we can sneak in a couple requests if you feel that way inclined 233 266 is the number to call love hearing from you until then here's some jack white lazaretto jack white there with lazaretto now uh you might just be waking up actually if you've been out last night maybe you're at the metallica concert so i'm going to keep things going with a bit of metallica uh to see you through until the one o'clock news you can stay in bed a little bit longer here they are with enter sandman it's metallica
1: rock and roll but we like it like it so much so that it has its own show I like it rock solid with Radio 3's resident rockaholic Todd Harding every Saturday evening from 8pm
3: The love train before that we had enter sandman by metallica big thanks to everyone for joining me here on the program thanks to jeff hesselwood with the formula one update he'll be back in february cruzan mccalligan talked about bikes He'll be back next week, as well as Danny Hicks, who's going to be talking about the American football. We've got plenty to talk about, as well as the Australian Open next week. Big thanks to Danny. And, of course, Travi Jay with the Community calendar. We'll talk to him next week as well. Your weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight. Fine and dry, cool tonight. The outlook fine and dry in the next couple of days as well. Temperatures dipping just a little bit. 18 degrees Celsius at the minute, 62% relative humidity. Have a lovely afternoon. Stay tuned.